This video is brought to you by Blessed Be God Boutique, maker of Catholic fashionable apparel, handmade accessories, and more. A few weeks ago, I reported that a group of nuns, the Discalced Carmelites in Texas, were being essentially persecuted or were alleged to being persecuted by their bishop, Bishop Olson. And we now have an interesting update to that story. Bishop Olson is now facing criminal charges for his involvement in all of this for the actions he is alleged to have taken. We know for a fact now, as reported by mainstream secular media, that Bishop Olson is being investigated by several Texas law enforcement agencies for violating state laws regarding the governance of and, and independence of nonprofit organizations. The crux of the issue is in addition to probably basic things like intimidation, we don't, the state of Texas does not give the bishops or any religious organization any particular rights over the governance of nonprofit organizations that are technically independent. And of course, the question on this will be are these nuns independent from the diocese? My suspicion is that the state of Texas will rule that they are. I could be wrong on that, though. This story is going to be more than a little interesting to watch unfold. And I'm going to give you this caveat as we talk about this. I know a, a priest who I have spoken to on numerous time, occasions who will remain anonymous, who actually knows Bishop Olson, and who says that when this all plays out, when this is all said and done, a lot of people are going to owe Bishop Olson apologies because this person, this priest, has known Bishop Olson for quite some time and can vouch for him on the on the prayer on the level of that the bishop is a prayerful man, the bishop is somebody who stays close to the sacraments, has the faith, and is actually one of the better bishops. Now, I know many of you will disagree with that. You are free to disagree with that. I thought I would give you that caveat that I have somebody that I trust who says this about him. Now, that person, that priest, could be wrong. We shall all find out together. But this isn't looking good for Bishop Michael Olson, because it looks like he may have broken state laws, <laughs> including possibly basic things like intimidation. Again, for those who don't know, Bishop Olson publicly accused the mother superior of this convent of engaging in, uh, we'll call them illicit activities with a priest from outside the diocese, a priest whom he has never named. These would be, these illicit activities are violations of her vows of chastity. For that, he has attempted to remove her and to essentially close down the convent. That doesn't look, it looks like he didn't have the authority to do that, especially since these kinds of organizations have, uh, religious orders tend to have a kind of an odd relationship with dioceses because they are quasi-independent, especially uh, the women religious organizations, which don't need the local bishop for things like ordination, since nuns don't get ordained to anything. Let's get dive into the story a little bit here. So we get this story from Fox 26 Houston, again, a mainstream secular outlet. I know nothing about the local Fox affiliate down there in Houston. So if you're in the Houston area, let me know how reliable they are on other kinds of news. The headline from Fox 26 Houston. Bishop Michael Olson, Catholic Diocese of Fort Worth, now under criminal investigation. So yes, the nuns lawyered up after they were, well, frankly, visited and treated rather harshly by the bishop, which the details of that visit are gone over in this article. And I'm going to be quoting extensively from this article. But while I'm doing that, I want you to remember what I posted on Saturday, a 
letter from a group of nuns in Italy who were going through the same thing. And their problem is, at the center of it, was real estate, which is something many of you have said is at the center of this one. In the When I went over this a few weeks ago, that real estate was at the bottom of what Bishop Olson is doing here. That's an allegation you have made. I didn't have enough facts about that, but when you do look at their monastery on Google Maps, you can see that it is prime real estate. That much is true. That is a fact. Let's get over the let's go over the article here though, and I want you to remember those nuns in Italy, and I will give you at the end of this something they have said as sort of a watchword for us here. But let's go over this article first. Quote A criminal investigation has been launched into the actions taken by Bishop Michael Olson against two nuns in the Fort Worth area in, in April. According to our release, the investigation is looking into the actions taken by Olson and those in the Fort Worth Diocese under his control relating to the discalced Carmelite Mother Superior and nuns at the Monastery of the Most Holy Trinity in Arlington. The Mother Superior and a sister from Carmelite nuns claim Olson abused his power and inflicted moral violence and psychological distress on the Mother Superior and the rest of the nuns in multiple visits to their monastery in late April, in violation of both civil and Catholic canon law. According to the release, Bishop Olson, together with Reverend Monsignor E. James Hart and the diocesan chancellor Sandra Schrader-Ferry, there's your first red flag, the diocesan Sandler, uh, chancellor is a woman, with a mere 30 minutes notice, informed the sisters that they were coming to visit the monastery on April 24th. They showed up with also with another unnamed forensic expert and demanded entrance into the monastery, over which the bishop has no civil or canonical authority. Shortly after entering, Bishop Olson immediately demanded that the Mother Superior Teresa Agnes Gerlach turn over her computer, iPad, and cell phone to him without explanation. The release stated there is nothing under Texas state law that gives a bishop the authority to replace the authority of corporate directors and officers of a Texas nonprofit corporation. Then, over the next few days, the bishop repeatedly demanded access to the monastery and repeatedly told the Mother Superior the locations within the monastery of where she could eat, sit, talk to, whether she can use technology, and whether and when she could leave the monastery, as well as other grievous and callous abuses of authority. Bishop Olson also threatened a nun of 25 years with dismissal from the order for a telephone call. End quote. You might not know this, but nonprofit organizations of all kinds are some of the most heavily regulated organizations in the entire United States, both with federal regulations and state regulations that they have to abide by. This is why when you sometimes see Catholic media outlets, independent Catholic media outlets, especially traditional ones, are nonprofit, those who wish to take down traditionalists will go and look at their tax records. And frankly, not just traditionalists, some conservative Novus Ordo groups, some very hyper-modernist ones, they are all nonprofit organizations. And if you want to take them down, the way to do it is to first look at their nonprofit status, look at their tax filings, look to see how they govern themselves, if they are following the myriad of rules that govern them. Now, a lot of those rules, though, also are meant to protect nonprofits from outside interference, which is the crux of the argument here. The allegation is that Bishop Olson violated state law on this. This is going to be an interesting story to watch as it unfolds. But now here's the canon law aspect of this, because the nuns have also lawyered up canonically, and they are taking this to the Vatican, to Rome, to intervene. I do share my skepticism with many of you that you're going to express in the comments that they should expect no help from Rome on this. But this is where it gets even more interesting. Quote, 
Officials said Pope Francis issued a February 11, 2022 decree that prevented any authority by diocesan bishops to remove a nun from a monastery. As regards their juridical condition, our monasteries, preserving spiritual unity with the entire order, Carmelite religious, have no other major superior above the prioress, except for the Holy See, according to the rules and constitutions of the Carmelite order, the release stated. Then, without proper prior notice, Bishop Olson, Father Hart, and Sandra Schrader-Ferry interrogated other sisters of the order for several hours, and then demanded that they be allowed to interrogate the other sisters the following day. Following advice from legal counsel, the Carmelites then advised the bishop and his representatives that they would allow further questioning only after being informed of the purpose, object, and scope of their interrogation. That's when, according to the release, Bishop Olson reportedly, quote, threw a juvenile and unseemly temper tantrum in an agitated voice and advised that the monastery would be shut down and that he would allow no mass for the sisters or laymen and then, quote, slammed the door and left the monastery. The mother superior and sister from Carmelite nuns are seeking $1 million in damages. Numerous Texas law enforcement agencies are now involved in the investigation, including the Tarrant County Sheriff's Office. We are thankful that these law enforcement agencies have decided to undertake this criminal investigation and are confident that the nuns will receive justice under the law of the state of Texas that they deserve, said Matthew Bobo, attorney representing the Carmelite nuns, end quote. So now canon law gets into this. And again, I don't think they're going to have much luck on the canonical front just because of the state of things with Rome. But they have their, it looks like they've got their defense all lined up. And this is going to be, Again, an interesting thing to watch unfold. But this is needs to be understood in a greater context. And that greater context is there is a concerted effort going after religious orders from across the internal church theological and ideological spectrum to any religious order that isn't extremely healthy or extremely obedient is being threatened with being shut down, with their land being seized. This is happening all across the world. And this brings me back to that group of nuns that I spoke about on Saturday. On Saturday, I gave you an open letter from some nuns who Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano had been helping. And as I said in that video, during the during Lent of this year, Vigano had a series of letters explaining what they were going through. Well, they issued a public letter. And of course, nobody outside of Italy covered it, so I brought it to your attention. And here's an excerpt from that letter. See if this sounds familiar, because it should. This is what we're talking about here, at least allegedly. So, from those Italian nuns, here's their description of what you see going on in the church now. Quote, We ask many of our brothers and sisters who still hope under the illusion that there is not a crisis in the church, or that it is only temporary, to look realistically what is happening in the church and of the hierarchy, and not to be intimidated by the abuses of power by mercenaries, because they don't care about the sheep. What happens to us already happened, is happening, and will happen to many other religious communities. They are ab above all those whose cases are no less known, who can understand our state of mind in the face of an attack that has something diabolical about it. But in addition to the persecuted convents and monasteries, there are many priests for whom loneliness and a sense of abandonment is even more difficult to deal with, especially when their ostracism is motivated by their fidelity to Christ. But each of us must in good conscience react to the tyranny that is establishing itself in the church, because a choral and determined response will demonstrate, first of all, that it is neither shared nor desired by the majority of the faithful, and secondly, that the present apostasy can be stemmed only with an unconditional return to our Lord. 
For too long we have put ourselves before Jesus Christ, dialogue with the world before the duty to evangelize all peoples, as he has commanded. But how to do it when one is alone, distracted from prayer and recollection, due to events that have nothing spiritual about them? How to do it when one is deprived of the sacraments, of the consolation of the Mass, of the nourishment of the Eucharistic bread? Because a choral and determined response will be able to demonstrate, first of all, that it is neither shared nor desired by the majority of the faithful, and secondly, that the present apostasy can be only stemmed with an unconditional return to our Lord. End quote. That's what we're seeing. You're seeing the weaponization of the sacraments like, to be used to force compliance with nuns, to essentially allow them to be have their properties taken from them, their religious or governance structure toppled. That is what we're seeing. It's happening across the, the entire church. And I've reported on it enough times here that the regular viewers among you will not be surprised by this. And so when you see Bishop Michael Olson and what's going on in Texas, you're inclined to side with the nuns, as, as frankly I am. I'm curious what you think of this, though. Are you surprised by this turn of events? Are you surprised that the nuns had the guts to go to the secular authorities? Do you think the secular authorities are actually going to side with the nuns or with the bishop? Curious what you think about all this, so let me know in the comments, please. Like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help, as does sharing this on social media. That helps a lot, too. As always, pray for the church and for everybody involved in the story. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.